God's word is blessed. And today, our first Wednesday service, first empowerment service, 2015, I want to talk about activating the word of God. When I read Deuteronomy 28, this this foundation scripture, a lot of times in the days the days where people look at this scripture and say, hey, well, you know, well, that was for them in the old days, or that was for uh, uh, the, the Israelites and different stuff. But what people don't understand is that the Word of God don't change. The Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the, the blessings that, that, that God spoke over the children of Abraham belongs, belongs to the children of Abraham today. And what I'm saying is that you have to understand that you are a child of Abraham today. If you're a child of faith, if you're a child that believes in Jesus Christ, then you are a child of Abraham today. So the same blessings that he spoke over Abraham seen way back then belong to the church today. Belongs to the, to the children of God today. That word don't change. So when we go in the Old Testament and we dig up the blessings and we dig up the favor of God, and we relate, we relate it to where we are today. It still stands. When God say, hearken to my word, it still stands. When God say, thou shalt not, it still stands. All these things still stand today. It never changed. Amen? And so, just looking at it from a foundation, um, God says, I'm going to do all these things for my people if they listen to me. I'm going to do all these things for my people if they hearken to what I'm trying to tell them to do. Amen? And, and, and what, I'm, what I'm seeing here today is that today's church world, True Love Church of Refuge, the people of God right here today, there have been released over our lives work to prosper right now. There have been released over our lives words to succeed right now. God has given us a sure word. God has given us a rainbow word. And we have to learn to take hold of the things of God. Amen. The word of God. And I said this in the past and I say it again. We always looking for prophecy. We always looking for a, a word from the prophet and a word. We got enough word to live on the rest of our lives. And I'm going to tell you this. God wants us to start walking in the light of the words that he's already given us. So, what I want to talk about today is activating some of the stuff that God has already given us. Just say 2014 was a year of a prophetic word. 2014 was a year of a prophetic movement where we received words for whether it was business, whether it was ministry, uh, whatever it was that the Lord wanted to do for us in this season, that was a year four. So now, we're talking about, we have crossed over to another year, we have crossed over to another season, we have crossed over to another place in the kingdom that God wants to show you what he was telling you back then. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So, we have to understand how to activate this thing. Amen? I 
our faith now has to go to a level that has never been. We talk about faith and, and, and we, we just talk about stuff sometimes out of tradition, sometimes out of religion, but now it's the tale of the tape. The proof in the pudding or however you want to put it. And we're going to have to we're going to have to take our faith to the place where God wants us to take it. Amen? Amen. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up because we have to activate this stuff. Amen? We got to activate every word of God that's been released released out of his mouth for our, life, for our lives. Amen? We have seen time and time again where somebody prophesied to you and you don't see nothing happen. Somebody prophesied to you and it takes sometimes so long, seems like it takes forever for a prophetic word to be fulfilled. The problem is not God. The problem is not God. God has given us uh, 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 so many words in our lives that we can look back over our lives and see what God has fulfilled and he's done enough for us that if he never do another thing, he's done enough for us. So God has already proven himself. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We got to understand that if we don't walk in the light of what God has given us, then we won't see the movement of God like we want to see it. Amen. We can quote a lot of scriptures. We can quote scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. But we don't see the manifestation of these scriptures until we begin to walk in the light of them. Amen. You think about Israel. So many times that God gave Israel a word and sometimes it seems like it would take forever for certain things to come to pass. God gave them a word in the wilderness, but they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years before they actually came out and possessed the promised land. Amen? This year, a lot of the stuff that's been spoken over our lives, God wants to see these things manifested in our lives. We should want to see these things manifested in our lives. Amen? It feels good when we get a prophetic word. It feels good when God releases something for our life. But don't you want to you want to see this thing? Don't, don't just tell me and, and make me feel good for the moment. But I want to see this thing come to pass. Amen? If God says that uh, he's going to do this for my family, and, and God has released a sure word for my family, and, and my, my, the prodigal people of my family is going to be coming back and they're going to get sick. I want to see these things come apart. But if you have a part to play in it, you got to find out what your part is. you got to find out, God, what am what I to do? What do I need to do in order to walk out your word? Because we have to activate the things of God through faith. Amen? So when we don't see the things moving like we, we, we want to, or we think they should, we think sometimes, like we say, the prophets have missed it, or it ain't that. It's not necessarily that. 
The word of God says in, in 2 Peter 3 and 9 that God is not slack concerning his promises. How many can say God has promised you something? God has made promises to all of us. God has given us words. And, and like I said, last year was a year of prophetic words for our lives. Even up into the new year, up into the closing of the year, God began to speak by revelation, by the mouth of the prophet. God began to speak through the anointed, saying what he was going to do, what he was going to release. God said that this, this year was going to be a year where we're going to see the hand of God, the power of God, like we have never seen the thing. And these things, you want to see these things. Amen? Amen. When the word of God, when the movement of God goes forth like that, you don't want it to just be another good church service. You don't want it to just be another good church service. We come in the house of God, we get edified, and we get built up, and now we are to go out and display these things in our lives. Amen? We are required. He said, if you would diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord that God. Faith without works is what? We say we believe God is going to do it. We say we believe God can do it. But do we really believe it? Do we really believe the words that we receive over our lives? The same words we shouted about. The same words that we were crying about the same words we were all over the floor about. Do we really believe that? If we do believe it, then we should act it out. We should act it out in our lives. Amen? And a lot of times, now don't get me wrong, it's easy to say and to do. It's easy. We can get up here and we can preach and we can do all these things in the church, but the proof or the pudding is what you're going to live outside those doors. Yeah, That's going to be the test. You know, when that anointing is flowing and that adrenaline is flowing and everybody is on the court and the movement of God, and we feel it. We feel it. But the test of living the Word of God is not in here. Right. It's out there. That's right. That's right. And what we live out there, that uh, uh, shows whether our faith Say, uh, takes what God's word says about our life. That shows whether we have the faith to activate what God said. This word said that God's going to bless us coming in. God's going to bless us going out. We're going to be the first, not the last, the head, not the tail. And he's just not going to rain on mess. He's not going to just bless mess. So the life that we're required to live is that life of faith that shows that I believe what God says, and because I'm going to live this certain way to please God, God is going to do what He said He's going to do for me. Amen? Yes. We've got to have a governor on our life. We can't just do what we want to do. We can't live any kind of way we want to live. Amen? We've got to practice the presence of God like we never have before. Amen. Yes. We're going to have to do it more than we have. This is what's going to unlock the heavens over our lives. 
is in the presence of God. Thank God responds to our word when our faith meets a certain place. God actually wants to meet us in a certain place in our faith. Amen? Thank you, Lord. One thing about it is that our faith will cause the supernatural to open up for us. It will cause the supernatural to open up for us to the point that the supernatural began to look natural for us. And what I mean by that is that, you know, how we get so excited when we see some healing or we see a demon cast out or we see a miracle or something take place. We call, oh, God just performed a miracle. The supernatural just happened. And, oh, when your faith goes to that place, that'll be a natural walk for you. It'll be just as natural to you as it was to Jesus. Because you know the faith that you hold. You know the favor and the place that you hold with God. That you hold in the kingdom. Amen? But that's the place that the Lord wants to meet us at. I want to mention three things. And what it takes to activate God is, the Bible talks about little faith. It talks about mustard seed faith. And it talks about great faith. Little faith, mustard seed faith, and great faith. And the first one I want to look at is, is, is that Little faith. Turn to Matthew chapter two, chapter eight. And we're going to be doing this this year. We're going to be doing a lot of breaking down the Word of God. We're going to be doing a lot of discipling, uh, understanding. Not just just coming to have just just a Bible study, just to say I preached or I, I taught the Word of God, but we're gonna get and we're gonna deal with foundational stuff that we can live by. We're gonna deal with stuff that can change our life. We're gonna deal with stuff not that we can just live by, but that we can take out here and give to somebody else because. God is taking us to a whole new place this year. God is taking us to another place in this season. And he wants us to grow up. He wants us to move on from the milk of the word and want us to really take a hold to the meat of the word. And when we begin to move on to the meat of the word, it's going to show. It's going to show. It's going to be beyond this religious stuff. It's going to be beyond uh, how we always think and thought things were supposed to be. God is going to start doing stuff the way he wants it done. Amen? And that's what we need to see. That's what we need to see. Because uh, God has to, he has more out here than just us. Amen? We are willing vessels. And we want to do the work of the Lord. We want to see the hand of God out here in his world and on his people. So, we can read the Bible all day long. But if we don't understand what it means... It, it ain't going to mean a hill of beans, amen? So we're going to have to get into the Word this year and kind of disciple a lot of this stuff that we've been getting so that we can activate the uh, Word of God because faith comes by what? 
Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 and 17. Now, if we look at Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 23, we're talking about little faith first. It says, when he entered a ship, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea. Talking about the elements out here in the world. A tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said, why are you fearful? This is one of the, the, the first things that hinders your faith is fear. Amen. He said, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Fear causes you to have a little faith. He says, he, he arose, he rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. The men marked. They marked. The same thing Jesus did. He said, greater works you shall do. You should have enough uh, 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 faith in you to change your elements. You should have enough faith in you to change your surroundings, change your situations and things. To the point that the people that know you are marked. Amen? They marked. They were with Jesus. They stayed with him. They ate with him. They slept with him. But when he got up and he rebuked the wind and the sea in, in the midst of their fear, they marked. And he said, Oh ye of little faith. Fear causes, Pastor Bond minister about fear. Fear causes you to have a little faith. And this is one of the reasons why we're not going to see some of these prophetic words activated in our lives. Too much fear. Fear of this, fear of that, fear of man, fear of people faces, fear of what people think, fear, fear of what people will do, fear, fear of everything. False evidence appearing real. The wicked fears, the, the wicked runs when nobody is chasing them. Some of the most of our fears is it, it, false evidence appearance. Most of the stuff don't even happen. Most of the stuff don't even exist. Fear begins with a thought. Stuff that enter into the eye gate. They begin to see the wind boasters around them. God gives you a prophetic word about something and you begin to see things contrary to what God said for your life. And you begin to fear. Fear will cause you to have little faith. With little faith, you can't stop the wind from ceasing in your life. You can't stop the seas from raising in your life with little faith. Amen? Look at uh, chapter 14. Little faith. Chapter 14. Look at verse 28. Well, let's go up and look at uh, this the same scenario. Verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them walking on the sea. This is the time he walked to them on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, in the spirit, and they cried for what? They cried out for fear. And straightway, it's like Jesus have to always bail us out. 
It has, he always has to bail us out when we let, God don't never let us down. He has never let me down. He has never let you down, but he always has to bail us out when we fall short of the glory of God. Straightway Jesus spake unto them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not what? Afraid. Fear will cause you to have what? Little faith. Let's look at the mustard seed faith. Turn to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, beginning at verse 14. And the scripture says, And when they were coming to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, and so vexed, for all times he falleth in the fire, and all times in the war. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus said, A faithless and perverse generation. How long will I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me. And I can understand the frustration of the Lord, because he had to set them up to be the examples to show people what kingdom was going to be like when he left. We are the, the examples that he left down here to show the world now what kingdom is supposed to be like since Jesus is now gone. But sometimes we live such defeated lives, how are we going to show somebody what kingdom is like? This man had a lunatic spirit, falling off in the fire, falling off in the water. You see something like that? It'll scare you. It'll frighten you. You know, some of the stuff that we see in the church, people get afraid. But to the Lord, when you're afraid like that, fear, he said that it's like faithfulness and perverse, perverseness before God. Amen? And when Jesus got up and rebuked this demon, the disciples wanted to know why they could not cure the man. And Jesus said, because of your, your unbelief, he said, if you just have the faith as of a grain of a mustard seed, he was letting you know that it don't take much. Sometimes it don't take much. God wants to see in your heart do you believe what he said. If he said, I give you power to trade over serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and when he say all the powers of the enemy, that means any area in your life that the authority of the enemy can touch your life. It ain't just a casting out a devil. It ain't just a, a sickness. Any, all the powers of the enemy, the enemy try to touch your life in so many different ways that you can't even begin to match. He said, I'm going to give you power for all of this. He said, if you can believe, if you can have just faith as of a grain of a mustard seed, which is the least of, of seed. The mustard seed faith. Sometimes we're just a faithless and perverse generation. We know every word of God. We go to every church service and we hold every time. But when it comes down to putting up our dues, the cowardly lion don't have nothing. And it's a sad thing. Because this, what we possess now, is what activates the promises of God in our life. 
This what we possess now is what Jesus died for. He gave his life for this. To give it to us. To give it to the church. To give it to the kingdom. Make it available for us now. And we can't even possess it. We can't even access it at the right time. We don't need it. Oh, if I would have been in my right place, Lazarus wouldn't have died if Jesus wouldn't have been here. What about you praying for that loved one? What about you standing in the gap for your people? Or do Jesus have to be there physically? You have a power and you have an authority that you don't even begin to fathom yet. If you are a child of the kingdom, if you belong to the Lord thy God, this power belongs to you, this authority belongs to you. It goes beyond what you thought church was. We can't get past we can't even get past the religious door of church. We can't get past the religious aspect of it. That's why we can't walk in no power. And because Jesus is trying to get us to the power. Amen? So when we talk about little faith, and we talk about mustard seed faith, and now I'm going to show you an example of great faith. Because we have to understand these different aspects of faith in order to access what we need to meet God where He wants to meet us. The Word is already released over your life, but that faith is the key that's going to unlock the door to that promise in your life. So, let's look at Matthew chapter 8 again. Let's give an example. Well, let's look at chapter 17. I want to give an example of the great thing. And let's begin at verse 14. It says, and when they came, were come to the multitude, there came unto him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. Did I just read this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to verse 8. <laughs> Let's go to verse 8. Verse 8 of chapter 8. Chapter 8, chapter 8, chapter 8. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, chapter 8. And I'm going to start reading that. The fifth verse. It says, And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Here's another situation where the person was being tormented. And Jesus is always willing to heal us. Amen. People say, well, I want to know the will of God. It, it's, it's God's will for you to be whole. It's God's will for you to prosper and be in good health. You want to know the will of God. You want to learn how to pray according to the will of God. This is his will. So he said, I will come and heal him. But listen to this. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof but I want you to speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. 
For I am a man of authority. So he know what, what, what authority means. Authority is, is not something that you can see in the natural. Authority is a spiritual thing. Authority is a thing of faith. He understands that God means what, what it means. The power and, and the, the force behind the word go and come. Amen. <laughs> he said, I said to this man, go and he go and, and he go. And I said to this man, come and he come. And to my servant, do this and he do it. And Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ himself heard this and he marveled. He marveled and said to the well, I said to you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. He had found this kind of faith among all the church people. This interpreter wasn't even a child of Abraham. He wasn't one of the chosen ones. He was somebody like if you would go out and meet somebody on the street that had never been set foot inside the church. So, how is it that somebody that don't sit up under the word all the time can have more faith to receive the word of God the promises of God than somebody that sits in the church all the time. And we wonder why the wicked feasts off of the inheritance of the righteous. We wonder why the wicked are walking in our stuff. Stuff we're supposed to be possessed, they possess. Because they understand the authority, they can see it better from afar off and we're sitting inside of them and can't even see it. You know, somebody can always sometimes see your situation better on the outside than you can on the inside looking at it. Because when you're on the inside, sometimes you take it for granted. You don't see it for what it is. But that's, he said, great faith. I have not seen so great faith. That's the kind of faith God wants to meet us in. That faith that well, well, even though everything looks bad, you know God is still going to do it. Even though it hasn't happened yet, you still know God is going to do it. You don't even feel good about it, but you still believe God is going to do it. God don't have to open up the heavens and roll back and send angels, but you still believe God. Some people want to see a sign all the time. No one show me a sign. Show me a sign. Let the water be dry on the ground or let the fleece be dry the next day. We want to see a sign. But when we're going to move past the little faith to the mustard seed faith and graduate to this place of great faith to where we can just walk in. If, if the Lord said it, that's it. That's all I need to know is that he said it. And I'm going to know how to manage my life. I'm going to know how to set the course of my day according to the word of God that he's given me. Amen? We don't know how to plan for the year. We don't know how to structure for the season. Because it's, it's, it's not in line with what we believe the word of God says. And so we'll follow the same routine we've been following for this past five years, but we expect different results. Amen? Amen? We need that faith that will make the Lord marvel. The scripture said that he marveled at this man's faith. What kind of faith 
to continue to make the Lord marvel over you, over your situation. We're so big and bad in, in our titles. We're so big and bad that we just stand around a poor big preaching and got robes on and look all big in front of man, but we ain't nothing. If we can't, we can't marvel God. If an unsaved man can do it, why we can't do it? Hallelujah. The scripture says, you have not yet resisted to blood striving against sin. What kind of resistance have we put up to show that God, this is the kind of faith I have in you. I'm at the edge. I can't see my way through. And if it don't happen, God, I still believe you. If it don't happen, I still trust you. And God wants to find us in that place. He wants to meet us. This kind of thinking, this kind of mentality, this kind of faith is what's going to immobilize God on our behalf. And it's going to cause God to move in a way that he's going to show his glory on your life. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Jesus did miracles everywhere he went. Everywhere. He found faith and did a miracle. But what happens when he don't find faith in your house? There was one instance where Jesus found no faith. And let's see what the scripture has to say about that. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 53. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed and went to come into where? His own country. He came to his own country, his own house. He taught them in the synagogue in so much that they were astonished. They love him to preach. People in your church, people in your house, they'll, they'll amen, they'll clap, they'll make you feel like you, you just, man, you should be on TV, you should be on the radio. But it's something about being in your own house. There's a spirit that dwells in that house that will cause the people to miss out. We call it the spirit of, of familiarity. And this, this caused the people to look at you not as God sees you, not for who you are in the sight of God, but they'll look at you as that brother, that sister, or not just mama or daddy, or not just so-and-so. And they miss it. It says that he preached to them, and they were astonished. And they said, now how in the world he get all this wisdom? And how in the world these mighty work is ain't this the carpenter's son, Mary's son, his brother Joseph and James, Simon and Judas, and his sister, are they not all with us? They knew who he was. Familiar with him. So they could cross over to the supernatural with Jesus. With your family, with people that be around you all the time, even your ministry people. 
When they become familiar, because they can't cross over into the supernatural world. Sometimes they ain't even no use of you praying for them. They can't receive nothing from them. Some of them ain't no use of you even preaching the word to them. You can't even preach to them anymore because they have become familiar to, with you, and familiar brings disrespect. They disrespected Jesus. It said, uh, and they were offended in him. They were offended in him. And Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor. A prophet will always have honor except for in his own house. You can go to New York, preach there for five or three days, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and come home, and it'll feel like you, you, you couldn't do none of that. You'll be like, now hold on, we just had a great time up in St. Louis. Now why come home at home and it feel like it, it's that familiarity? The disrespect. The people can't see uh, 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 the way they have to, they're supposed to see you. And that's one of the main reasons why leaders are not supposed to get friendly with their people. So many ministries fall because of uh, friendship in the church. They want to start a pastor, uh, a shepherd in the people, uh, they're friends with the people. When you're friends with the people, then when it comes time to rebuke them, they're not going to receive it from you. They're not going to receive it from you. They don't even have, we've been hanging together, we was at the mall shopping, and you, now you want to tell me I'm wrong? They're not going to receive nothing from you. There's been many churches just, just divided because of that. And so because of the familiarity of who they look at Jesus to be, the scripture said that he did not many works there. Because of what? Their unbelief. He didn't couldn't do nothing there because of their unbelief. Prophets could be a prophet, I could be an apostle, pastor could be a pastor, anointed, called by God, but if you don't believe it, it ain't gonna, it, it, I'm just a regular person to you. I'm just a regular person to you, and it ain't gonna be my loss. I know what God has, has can do. Amen? It ain't gonna be my loss, it'll be your loss, so we have to understand that God is trying to get us to a place this year because there's been so much word released over our life. He's trying to get us to that place of faith that he wants to meet us at to change our lives forever. God wants to change that thing. God wants to raise you up. God wants to quicken you like he never have before. God wants you to literally walk in something this year that you have never walked in before. They were like, man, is this brother so, this sister so and so? I have never, like they say, we have never seen this thing. They ain't never seen you in this, this, this mouth. They ain't never seen you like this. But this is the place where God wants you at now. Amen? I'm telling you. When you get this kind of faith, this great faith, God will move swiftly on your behalf. You're talking about doors and things that's been locked, doors and things that have been shut over your life will open. And that's what God wants to do. The reason why a lot of the prophetic words and things that's been released over our life, we're not seeing because shut doors. 
locked doors. But you hold the, the, the key through the word of God. And faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word. When you hear the word of God and you walk like that centurion did, God, you speak the word only. You already said it, God. I'm going to walk with this thing. I'm going to possess this thing. I will not be moved. You go into that place past little faith, past the mustard seed faith, into the place of great faith, you will see the hand and the power of God like you never have before. You will see the chains break. You're going to see the yokes destroyed. You're going to see these doors open. You're going to see the prophetic words filled. Then the word can return back to God. It won't be void. It will fulfill whatever God sent it to do in your life. Amen? One thing I want to share with you is that even though a lot of things have been released over our lives, especially for this year, we got a lot of shoes to fill. We got a lot to walk in. Let me say it like that. We got a lot to walk in this year. And it's not overwhelming because if we're on fire like we say we are, we should be able to fill these jobs and be looking for more. But we got a lot to walk in. Some of you are going to have to pick up slack where other people ain't walking in their stuff. Some people, I'm telling you, he gave out five talents, he gave out ten talents, and they went and they turned up things into five more talents, into ten more talents. We got to go out and put these things into their standards. Amen? Thank you, God. But one thing about it, you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Something the apostle said that really stood out to me. Verse 9 says, For a great door and effectual is opening to me, and there are many adversaries. Don't just get happy-go-lucky and put your guards down. Do you notice how when you have a good time in the Lord and God begins to speak blessings and things over you and the next day you know it seems like the devil is moving some kind of way? With open doors, effectual doors become adversary, great adversary. Every time God releases a blessing in the Spirit, Sometimes the enemy can see your stuff before you even realize. That's the same thing happened to Daniel. When Daniel set his heart to pray, God had already released the thing for Daniel's life, but the enemy tried to intercept it before Daniel could get it. And so 20 days later, he didn't understand until God, the angel told him, uh, God already heard you from the first day, but the, the prince of Persia stood up to resist you. The same thing. God is speaking blessings, and, and the angels of God are the only one hearing these things. You got spirits, you got people that don't want to see you blessed. You got a devil, you got an adversary that don't want to see you walk in nothing. If you've been 
hard luck all your life. He wants you to stay hard luck all your life. But God, He said, there are many, the scripture said, there are many evidence. You got to understand and not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. You got to understand how to pray and, and, and warfare pray. I ain't just talking about praying our good little tuition prayers. You got to learn how to pray like Jesus did yeah. to the point that through the authority of the name of Jesus, you can bind that devil, you can break that stronghold, you can resist that demon and stop him from hindering your blessings. Hindering the things that God has released for your life. Because all these things that's been released for you for the year, you think that the devil won't just let you have Oh, we are get ready to do it now. No, 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 no. Adversaries comes along with these things. And you have to be prepared. You know what? God said, this is this is my land and I'm, I'm more than willing to fight for. You got to have that mind in the spirit. You are more than ready to stand up for what God said belongs to you. You're not a quitter. You're not going to give up. You're not going to be scared because he was the enemy through lying, stealing, cheating. He tried to discourage you. And if he can discourage you, he can cause you to give up. If he can discourage you, he can keep you out of that place of faith which activates that supernatural power of God. So beyond discouragement, Beyond whatever it, it, it looked like the devil was doing, you know God is still God. You know his word is still a sure word for your life. Now, I don't know what the word for your life might be, but I know what God said for me. And I'm ready to, I'm ready to tackle the thing. I'm ready to run with the thing. I'm ready to grab hold of it. And I know what kind of warfare comes behind because if the devil could just discourage you just a little bit, he ain't going to stop the promise. Because God is not slack concerning his promise. But he'll try to slow that thing down. He will try to slow it down for you. And, and, and what you got to realize is that he'll try to keep you in a faithless and a perverse state of mind. But God wants you to come up into the great faith. He wants you to come up into the faith that he will deny you nothing. And that's how God wants it. He don't want to deny us nothing in this season. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God. The enemy will fight you on every hand. He will fight you in your house. He will fight you in your health. He will fight you in your money. He will fight you in your ministry. He will fight you on every hand. But you cannot be moved. The Lord is my help, and I shall not be moved. We've got to get the word of God imprinted in us to the point that we are unshakable, unmovable. Not up here today and, and the first little thing happened, we, we just feel feelings. We got to get out of our feelings. If we are in our feelings, we can't move in faith. Amen? God don't care nothing about your emotions. He wants your faith to rise up through, through all 
I don't care how impossible the situation looks, God can do it. How many are just looking forward to fulfilling that dream this year? How many are looking forward to, to, to walking in the things of God like you have never had? You might have been saved 20 years, but this year you're going to walk in the things of God like you never have. And it's going to be like a first fruit fire when you first got on got saved and, and you wanted to run and tell everybody how good God was because you felt that you could see, you would believe anything Jesus told you. Amen? That's the faith. We got to get it back. It's there, but you got to learn how to use it. You got to learn how to activate it. Amen? He said you cause this mountain in your life to be moved and cast into the sea. It's the enemy's job to try to discourage you. Don't even give no credit. Stop bragging about what the devil does. It's his job to discourage you. Because Satan understands Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Satan understands that. So it's his job to discourage you. He understands James chapter 1, verse 6, that we're... Uh, uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his way. A man that waver is like the wave of the sea. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything from God. He understands that. Satan understands it. So he's going to take that and try to use it against us in this season. In this year. To keep us out of that place of great faith. But somebody say the devil is alive. <laughs> Amen. You got to understand that you can't lose. You have already won. The blessings and favor of God is yours. God has given you a, a sure word. Amen? I mean, He's blessing you. If you look at that same scripture we read in Deuteronomy, chapter 28. And you look at verse 9 and 10. It says, The Lord shall establish thee and hold people to itself as he has sworn unto thee. Whatever God told you he was going to do for you, he's going to do. It says, If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Talk about the faith which activates the hand of God. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. They're going to see it. And this is God want people to see that you are here. He want people to see that you are his anointed, that you are his prophet, that you are his apostle. He wants somebody to be able to say, touch, don't touch him. Touch not my anointing. And when I say touch, I'm not even talking about just speak, but I'm talking about putting your mouth on. Do not touch the anointing of God. You don't have to like him. But you've got to learn to love him. Learn to love him. Don't disrespect them like they did Jesus and they end up missing out. But God is doing this because he wants the people to see. He wants the world to know that you are called by his name. Amen? So when your business is going for, he wants the world to know that he did. Speak it. Hallelujah. I 
when your ministry is prospering. He wants the world to know that this, I, it has my stamp of approval. When your household is, is, is whole and healed and the prodigals are back, God wants to know that this is, is, is the first foundation, the first institution that I ever created from the foundations of the world. I'm calling my people back into their places. We got to walk in that place that activates the hand of God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just want to take a few moments out of this lesson and uh, and just ask the question, how do you feel about how do you feel about what we talk about in life? How do you feel about possessing really being in a place now that you've never been before. How do you feel about what God is doing now? What do you see for this year? What is I mean, do you get, can you feel it? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, I mean, the floor is open anybody. Amen. This is, this is an open session. 